the Eagles are going to win. They might have a street parade tomorrow. Yes, the sound of 38,000 West Coast fans roaring their heads off after a five-point victory over North Melbourne at the weekend. Welcome back to Mornings with Mark Duffield on SENWA. Thanks to Isuzu Ute, and you can live your own way in the seven-seater Isuzu MUX. But joining me on the line, someone who I reckon is very happy to talk to me today. He's probably sitting there up at Northampton. He's got his West Coast beanie on. I reckon he's got a scarf. He's probably drinking something blue and gold. Josh Kennedy, AFL life member, West Coast Eagles legend. Welcome to the show, mate. Thank you. No, very happy. Very happy this week. It was, uh, it was a great win. And to do it in front of, I suppose, home fans, and it's been a really tough year. Um, yeah, it was fantastic. So what did you make of the game, Josh? What did you like about it? Oh, it was it was great. It, both teams are pretty competitive. And um, I think from West Coast side and, and being able to get that 30-point lead um, really dominated, I suppose, with a lot of pressure. Um, the pressure factor was, you know, through the roof and probably the highest it's been this year. And, and as we've known, when they when they bring that pressure and able to kind of get numbers around the footy, um, they win contested ball, uh, to get it into their forward half and lock it in and 60 inside 50s, which is, um, which is you know, that's how West Coast want to play. You need, need supply, especially with the, the forwards they've got. Uh, it was great to, great to see. And um, there were some individuals in terms of senior players who played really well, but the young ones as well um, coming up to the plate and, 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 and playing consistently well. So it was, um, yeah, it was great to, to get the four points. Let's talk about a couple of the senior players. You mentioned pressure. Jamie Cripps, 11 tackles, 18 disposals, two goals. Pretty integral to what they bought, wasn't he? Yeah, definitely. You know, Cripper, you know, he's the hardest working player out there. His role and the way he... He runs up and down the ground, um, you know, creating support defence, being that outlet player, but then also getting back when it's inside 50 and to lock it in. And, yeah, he's, um, you know, he's had his critics this year, but it was great to see him get, you know, 11, 11 tackles. Um, it's, it's unbelievable. And I think as a forward line group, they had about 26 tackles in their forward half. So they were really able to lock it in, build that pressure and, and have consistent inside 50s, which, um, yeah, which you're able to kick a winning score. And I don't reckon he's had many critics. I reckon he's been absent for a fair while with a broken ankle. He's probably one of the few senior players that people aren't really questioning that much, I reckon. But, um, probably just Summer. Summer's lined everyone up. You, 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 you haven't played <laughs> AFL football unless Summer's lined you up a couple of times. Um, interesting, the use of Jack Darling in the first quarter. Was it the way the game fell for him or was, it, uh, was there a conscious effort to get him further back to getting more involved in defensive play and more involved in, in change of possessions moving down the ground. Yeah, it was, it was interesting. I don't know whether it was a directive or whether, um, you know, Jack just decided to, you know, get up the ground a bit more and try and get involved a bit more rather than waiting. And I suppose sometimes over time you have minimal inside 50s, boys aren't, the, the guys aren't transitioning it that well. Um, you do feel like to, to get up the ground and having Oscar Allen there as well to stay deeper, you can you can do that when you've got two tools. So, um, you know, his marking ability up the wing um, to create that contest. And then, yeah, that, that passage of play, it was, it was probably my favourite passage of play of the day where he took that mark on the um, defensive goal line. And usually as a forward, when you cross that D50, um, the kick's, start to get a bit scary and I reckon a lot of us start shaking when we get into that D50 but he was able to get a composed kick out, um, follow it up, come through the centre and you know to sell that candy and have time and space to be able to you know kick it to Oscar who, who 
marked 2v1, which was a fantastic play to see the two tall forwards um, uh, with a transition footy coming from the D50. So Jack played exceptionally well and it was great to see him in form and he's he's battled in injuries this year. So I think that confidence will really grow for this last, you know, few games of the year. And while Oscar was a 2v1, the kick was to Oscar's advantage, wasn't it? Once the ball went in, Oscar was always a good chance to mark that. So it was good ball use and, uh, and a good spot up by Jack because he, he had to shift his eyes off the line to, to spot where Oscar was. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And usually, you know, for, for a tall forward, a lot of the possessions that we gain and, and get is, you know, either a mark on a lead or in a contested mark, you get back off the mark and then you kind of assess there. You're not really outrunning. So... Uh, for Jack to be able to have that composure to one sell the dummy, which I, I don't think many tall forwards would, would ever do, um, but he um, he had the confidence to do it to give himself uh, himself some time and space, um, then to assess inside 50 saw Oscar and, and the kick was beautifully weighted to over the back for for Oscar to get his reach and, and take that mark. There's a bit to be said for getting your hands on the ball and getting you up and about, Josh. Um, you were yeah. often the primary target for West Coast attacks, and you played in front of strong teams, so. You, you saw your share of the ball, but it, it looked like it got Jack going a bit that first quarter. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it, it's something that I suppose yeah, over the course of, you know, uh, I suppose the time that I was playing and even now, like tall forwards, you, you can get pretty stale just sitting there waiting back, especially if the ball movement's not happening and um, you're not getting in, in that forward half and, and the transition of the footy's not that great. So um, having the ability to be able to get up and around the contest and, you know, whether it's on the wing, taking that long down the line or, or, or pushing further deep inside 50 just to get your hands on it, 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 it does create a bit of confidence. And sometimes that can go where you play uh, away from your role. Um, but Jack's always had the licence just purely because of, I suppose, the athlete he is and, and the work rate and the tank um, that he's, he's able to have. He's able to get back inside 50 pretty quick where... You know, some of us, especially myself, was you know me running into D50 taking a mark. There's no way I'd be getting back um, as quick as he would be. So he's always had that ability to be able to do that, come up around stoppages and be that bigger body and, and get himself into the game. And uh, on the weekend, and it was it was great to see because it flowed onto the rest of his his game and his role that he has to play as as a tall forward. Um, and it was good to see. The question from Lisa from Allenbrook, Josh uh, Duff. Can you please ask JK? if he thinks the way Bailey Williams has been rucking and he's around the ground effort and improving each week, if Bailey could be the Eagles' number one ruckman, even if Nick Nat does get back next season, I think if Bailey puts in a huge preseason, there is no reason why he shouldn't be the number one. What do you reckon, Josh? Oh, 100%. 100%. Bailey's just grown week to week and um, he's worked through you know, um, some frustrating moments and he's, and he's had some, some great moments of growth this year, which is which has been fantastic to see, you know, not only as you know, a former teammate, but, you know, as a fan and, and watching. Um, he's done the number one rock, uh, ruck roll, you know, all year. Um, he was against two rucks uh, on the weekend, which, you know, can take a toll and, and, you know, obviously clearances that didn't win, but was still able to put enough pressure on around the ground. And um, his work rate's improved. He's, he's obviously got fitter. Um, he's working on his craft, and especially in the ruck, you know, around the ground. And we're able to see, um, I suppose, glimpses of, you know, what the future could hold, you know, I suppose, without Nick Nat Nui. And um, it's pretty promising knowing that you've got Bailey who's coming through and taking so much growth this year and, and being able to take that, that number one ruck role and, and handle it as well by himself. Shannon Hearn. Uh, Simo made the decision to play him on Nick Larkey. He was undersized. Yep. 
um, probably athletically uh, probably struggling to keep up. But he just, his class <laughs> and experience showed through, didn't it? He buffeted him, kept him grounded, kept him off balance, didn't let him jump at the ball. It was a, it was a terrific performance by the former skipper. Yeah, definitely. You know, it obviously comes, you know, with a fair bit of wisdom and, and experience that, that, that Bunger's got and playing over 300 games. And um, he's always been able to, you know, play tall um, on players. His you know, ability, I suppose, in contest and, and body position, you know, he's always been able to handle it. So, um, <clears throat> you know, I suppose going into the game, you know, you look at, do you put a tall on him Is with Bazo, who's, you know, second year player, probably keep up with him in fitness and agility, but... Um, in terms of experience, you know, like he's been playing some pretty good footy, um, especially being that that contested tall forward. So um, it was great to see Bung, you know, take that challenge and um, be able to handle it. I know I can keep a couple of goals, but there wasn't many one-on-one contests where you'd, you'd look at the, I suppose, size um, of both players and you thought that he'd have advantage in the air. He's really good at manipulating, I suppose, that body work and being able to bring the ball to ground. And it didn't feel like other... West Coast defenders had to flood back to help her, neither did it. It felt like he he had him pretty well covered in the one-on-one duels, which meant they could just um, pay attention to their own roles and uh, and not try and surround the big bloke. Yeah, definitely. Well, that's uh, I suppose as a back six, you know, um, they're a very tight group. Um, they work together very closely, and um, and it's also about having I suppose that, that confidence in each other and. When you know that, you know, Shannon Hearn's got a big task against him and, and whoever, whatever plays he's playing on, that there is a lot of confidence knowing that um, he will get the ball to ground and he will do the do the right thing. And, um, you know, for other players um, running around, you know, you can start to predict, I suppose, a little bit of what you think is going to happen and you have more confidence in that. That obviously, you know, you don't have the uncertainty and doubt, which means that you can focus on your task and your role. So Bunger has, has always brought that to the back line. We're talking to Josh Kennedy, former West Coast champion, of course. We're coming to you live from the Toolkit Depot studio. Don't forget to shop winter at TKD. Josh, Elijah Hewitt, we saw another glimpse from him on the weekend, didn't we? That stoppage goal in the forward pocket, um, probably a, a pocket that you kicked a few goals from yourself, I reckon. It was. Uh, he's got a bit of class. He's got some real explosive power getting uh, through traffic. Yeah, well, I don't think I kicked any goals like that. There was no way I had the speed to do that. But it's been great to... I suppose, see him come through and, and, and having more chance in the midfield. Um, I suppose working on his craft around those con- congested areas, which he's, he's been great inside 450, and, and now he's doing it around the ground, you know, having I think he had 21 touches, which is he's getting his hands on it. He's, he's working well. And then um, I suppose those moments inside forward 50 when he's able to get his hands and, and take it on, um, the confidence he has to be able to get around players and, and put himself into a position to have a shot on goal. Um, yeah, it's, it's pretty exciting. So... And he loves giving it a bit of a celebration, which is fantastic to see for the fans. Yeah, he's got a bit about him, hasn't he? <laughs> he's uh, <laughs> he certainly. Uh, it, it, I, I doubt he's one of the shyer blokes in the in the team. Hey, it was it was one of the better midfield efforts I felt from West Coast over the course of the year. Tim Kelly played as Tim Kelly's been playing, but he had he had better support around him. It felt they were all pretty solid, and um, and they got a pretty good overall input out of there. Yeah, definitely. You know, TK's been, you know, exceptional all year, you know, considering that the year's been pretty tough and 
Um, there's been moments where games have blown out and, and, and the boys haven't been able to get their hands on it. But, you know, TK's been pretty consistent all year round. And um, I think Domi really had a great game, um, really stood up and, and was pretty good around, um, I suppose, the contest and, and, and his ability to help with the transition. And, and, and Guffey's, you know, um, obviously the criticism he got a few weeks ago, he's really kind of stepped up to the plate since being that sub and um, working around the ground really well. And, and then you, you talk about your outer guys with with Hunt. You know he's been um, he's been fairly consistent and a great recruit. I think with his transition rebuild that the that the club's going through. It's great to have speed, isn't it? And Jaden Hunt has yeah. serious speed, and it disrupts opposition teams. I mean, we haven't seen it at West Coast since you retired. You were the speedster, and you sort of <laughs> without where the bloke was yeah. able to split opposition defenses apart. But but Jaden Jaden Hunt can do that, can't he? Oh, he does. And I think his ability in that position and uh, the way he runs, he's, he's, he's smart with his with his footy patterns. Um, being able to help out in defence and kind of play that, you know, traditional ring, wing role. But being able to press up the ground when the, the ball is transitioning forward and, and to be involved in, I suppose, a lot of opposition players always get numbers back. And it's generally that opposition winger. To be able to hold... I suppose, that distance with your opponent, be involved in um, some of the forward passages of play, especially the contests around that top of the 50. He's been able to get his, his, his hands on the footy and kick some goals, which is what you want to see. So I think he's kicked a goal the last few weeks. And, um, you know, it's all been on the back of that work rate and um, making sure that he is helping out um, defensively and helping with the transition, but then also closing that gap with his opponent uh, when, the, when the footy transitions forward. One bloke we don't talk a lot about, but he's missed a lot of footy over the last couple of seasons. He's come quietly back into the team, just doing his job nice and quietly and steadily. Tom Cole, tell us a bit about him. Oh, okay. Cole's, Cole's been an amazing teammate to play with. He, um, you know, he's one of the hardest trainers. Um, he, he really understands the game and he has since, you know, I suppose rocking up to the club and, um, in terms of the environment and I suppose the adaption to what the game throws at you, he's, he's always been, um, you know, really good at, at doing that. So um, he's got a lot of tools in his belt. Um, you know, I've, I've been calling him the, the, the best uh, ground ball, I suppose, um, a player at our club for a long time because he's so clean, you know, below his knees. And um, the ability to, I suppose, one, press the game and know when to go and, and cut off, um, you know, fast play of, uh, of opposition. But, his one-on-one contest is pretty good. Um, he's able to get the ball. He uses it really well. And he also has that speed to, to run off half-back. So, um, yeah, it has been. And he's had a few injuries the last couple of years. But it's great to see him back out there playing. And, and he's another player, like I talk about with Bunga, where you have that confidence. With Coley, you, we, we've always had that um, confidence with him. And, and I'm sure the team this year has, has that confidence with him when he's down back, knowing that he's going to play his role and, and do his job. Yeah, he doesn't make many mistakes, does he? He's pretty solid, pretty yeah. competent, pretty steady and pretty reliable. Um, it was an interesting sub. Simo made it early. He went with Yo in place of Bazo. My understanding is that it was planned. But even though it changed the size and shape of the back line, Yo's big body was pretty important in some critical moments late in the game. Yeah, definitely. And I think, um, you know, Yoey coming back um, through his injuries that he's had, you know, he was only going to be playing 60 minutes and, and obviously no waffle game on the weekend. So um, do you start him and then you sub him off or do you play him as a sub? I obviously went with, with that option. And um, he's very versatile playing in the midfield. He can go down back. Um, obviously, he was very undersized. So um, and in terms of West Coast backline this week, but um, I came on and you know obviously Bazo, there was it's probably no reason to, to sub Bazo, um, but 
um, as a young player, second year in, and, and you've got Yoey coming on. Um, you know, you do the do the right thing for the team, and and Yoey came on. He's pretty rusty early, I reckon. Um, but some of the passages of play and, and that he was involved in, and especially his contest, yeah, it was it was great to see. And and that's what you you want from Yoey. You want him to be able to create that contest, create that pressure, which he's really good at. Um, but once the ball's in his hand, he's able to really break those lines. And, um, you know, that last passage of play. Uh, it was great to see him kind of win that footy, step around, get some space, and then kick it out to Oscar to kind of seal that game when, when that pressure was right up. What would you expect his progression to be this week, given the amount of footy he's missed, Josh? Would he play a full game, or would you uh, would you make him the sub again? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not too sure. He'd probably push to maybe 75, 80 minutes, depending on how he pulls up. Um, it's a six-day break as well, which kind of comes into play a little bit. So... There could be the possibility that, um, you know, he would be the sub um, and maybe come on a little bit earlier. Um, but as you start to tinker over that 60 minutes and getting towards 70, 80 minutes, you probably you probably would start him and then sub him out at the end um, just to make it kind of flow a bit better. But, um, but yeah, he'll, he'll keep progressing. Um, yeah, there'll probably be that 70-minute that to 80-minute jump, um, plus a bit more time. I think he spent the whole last quarter on the bench, so they'll start to give him breaks between those periods and, and hopefully he can keep building and, and get some consistency in that, um, I suppose, with his body. We wouldn't uh, finish this interview without asking you about Lance Franklin, retired yesterday, one of the great key forwards of the game, as you were yourself. Um, tell us about Buddy and your memories of him. Oh, mate, is, uh, yeah, it was very, very lucky, I suppose, with the course of my career to, uh, to one be in the same uh, generation as, as Bud. Um, we kind of, we played 16s and 18s together in, in state um, to the AFL Academy and, and got to know Bud quite well, I suppose, during those younger days. And, and then he got drafted to Hawthorne and um, was exceptional early on. I think, you know, second, third year, he's kicking 100, 100 goals, um, won a premiership, you know, with, with Hawthorne back then and, and became the superstar as, as we know. And, um, from my end and being able to play in that, I suppose, generation with Bud. It's, it's something that, you know, when you get older and hopefully you've got some grandkids and you can sit down and go, Look, I used to play um, against Buddy Franklin. I played in the time that he did with a lot of superstars. And um, you talk about a lot of stars from back in the day, you know, <clears throat> the Jonathan Brown, Jason Dunstall, the Gary Ablett seniors. Like He's going to be one of those players that will be remembered forever, um, talked about for a long time. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty grateful to be able to play in that generation that, that Lance Franklin did. Not only that, mate, I spoke to the coach of that under-18s team. He played down in Geelong, and I think he kicked the winner against might have been Vic Metro. He told me that you were the teacher's pet. He loved you because you were more coachable than Buddy. Buddy wouldn't run back to defend, <laughs> and he'd actually taken him off the ground that day, and his <laughs> assistant coach, Kevin Bryant, had to beat him playfully about the head and, uh, and get him to put the match winner back on the ground. Yeah, well, I think with Bud and his talent uh, and the way he played his footy, you know, he um, he his instinct on to grab a grab the footy and be able to kick a goal, no matter what moment in the game, has always been there. So I can remember AOS AFL Academy, we had the the Gaelic footy against Ireland, and um, Terry Wheeler was a coach. And as we were going into the, I suppose we played three rounds, um, and. The focus was we're footballers. Look, we're playing another game here, but we, we're not kicking unders. We don't go. We're not soccer. Um, we're not playing that. Any chance you get, you, you're having a shot and you're kicking it through the big six because we're football players. So that was the directive. We weren't allowed to kick unders. We're at the MCG um, playing the second game. Obviously, Ireland had kicked ahead. And, um, yeah, Buddy decided to turn it on and, 
was running into a goal, could have kicked it over, which was the, I suppose, rule because we're footballers, but ran straight into the goal. He kicked it through. He kicked two unders and, yeah, we ended up winning the game. So instinct like that, you know, uh, as much as you, you want to listen to your coach when you've got players like that who can win games for you, you just let them go. Exactly right. Josh Kennedy, he's an AFL Life member. He's a West Coast Eagles legend. Always welcome on the show to share his insights on the West Coast Eagles and fellow great forward Lance Franklin. Josh, thanks for joining us. Hopefully we're back next week talking about another win.